And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing the last four episodes of Descendants of the Sun. Yay! Uh, before we jump in, do you want to talk about why this episode is like three weeks too late? Because I kind of want to <laughs> explain myself. I just feel bad. For those of you who still listen and have stuck around waiting for this episode, I owe you a life debt. For those of Sorry. you who haven't, I know you're not here to hear this, but I understand. I hope that a lot of people get to listen to this in the future, because that's how I listen to a lot of my podcasts. I find them, like, five years behind everyone else. Yeah. So it's very easy. I just listen in consecutive order and, and then they're like, oh, wait. sorry, we were gone for two weeks. And I'm like, sex just sucks. <laughs> It's like, no worries, People I forgive have been you. Gone for seconds, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sorry to the few listeners that were disappointed by our delay. Yeah. We are not done doing the podcast. Uh, August was just, like, <laughs> the most bananas that a month can be. Just, like, <clears throat> the wildest. I came to America. And that was the beginning. America. Yeah, that was the beginning of August, and I dropped everything, and we were like, we'll definitely have time to record some episodes, and we'll actually get, like, a backlog going so that when Raquel has a crazy month, like, she can still keep putting episodes up. We didn't. There wasn't time for that. Because there was that, I think we mentioned in, like, one of the last episodes, there was a um, typhoon that, like, cut your your trip way short. (laughs) I forgot about that. There's so many natural disasters in Japan right now. <laughs> I'm like, what? There was a typhoon at the beginning of August? Yes, of course. And then at the end of August, it's like a bookend because there was also um, another thing. Another typhoon. <laughs> yeah, no. And an earthquake. Uh, so many things. So a lot of natural disasters. And then my brother got married one weekend and then I adopted a dog, and then I moved across the country. So, we're busy. We're we'll bu- busy. We're busy. Um, also, where I moved to has garbage internet, so fingers crossed that, like, all of our recordings from here on out go well. <laughs> we'll do our best to stay up to date and on a more regular schedule and hopefully the quality stays as high as we've been yes um and then the last thing before we hop in there's a secret third recorder in the room with me his name is maurice he's my dog i can hear him chewing on his little bone right now don't Uh. know if that will come up in any of the recording but uh spooky noises attributed to spooky dog boy our, our guest host our guest host Maurice yes I love him I love him so much he was not not named after Mo Young no he wasn't but we do call him Mo so. he came with that name how awesome is that he came with the name Mo 
right as they're finishing dots. Magic. I guess I guess to conclude that, um we were not the most responsible podcasters, so we watched these episodes and then we're ready to record maybe two or three weeks ago. And then we only rewatched the last episode to prepare for this podcast. So, like, no one knows what happened in episodes 13 through 15. But for real, I don't even know what happened. In 13 and 14, I thought that would be, like, the the climax of the show. I thought that was the most drama that was going to happen. Yeah. And then it was like, 15 was like, okay, move aside, 14. You don't even know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> this... K-drama has not followed what I'm used to as far as, like, the pacing of most K-dramas. It's way different. Because, Mm -hmm. honestly, I didn't, like, we could have ended with episode 12. And I would have been like, that's an ending right there. And then, I I think I wrote that for episode 12 as well. But I also wrote that for 14 because everything gets resolved by the end, and they yeah. just, like, end up sleeping in the same bed together, and you're like, cute, the show is over. <laughs> and we then they won. keep it going. Why? Why? It's kind of messed with my, like, K-drama brain, as far as, like, I just, I'm so used to there being one conclusion, but there were so many conclusions in this show that now I'm pretty sure that I'm just gonna, like... Oh, ready for the next two episodes. Wait. No, it's over. Shoot. Yeah. (laughs) Episodes 17 and 18. Next week. That's what we should have done. We should have just broken this one up into two episodes for the last... For this finale here. Because they're so different. 13 and 14 are so different from 15 and 16. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a mini arc right before the... Right before the end of it, because the whole mini-arc brings back an old character, the guy from, like, the very first scene, the North Korean. I called him McStabby for, like, the first, I think, episode 13. I just noted him as McStabby, because I was like, he's not a character, he doesn't really need a name. And then they were like, no, he's, like, a main character now, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the, welcome to the end of the K-drama. What? Why are we adding main characters right at the end here? It was also crazy because there was, like, a reunion tour throughout the last couple of episodes where it's like, he comes back and you think, okay, that's it. And then they just keep bringing, like, characters whose story I thought was resolved. They're like, oh, remember Goat Boy? Goat Boy, Ghost Boy? He's back for a minute. Remember Fatima? She's back for a minute. Like, everybody... That was, like, 16, and I thought that was typical K-drama. Yeah, like, in 16, that makes a lot of sense. So both of those were... Seeing our goodbyes. (laughs) But yeah, it it had a weird feeling starting the goodbye train with senior, Senior Lieutenant on. I think that's his name. Yeah. McStabby. Yes, McStabby on... Stabby on. So, yeah, like, I don't know if anybody missed him, but he's back in a big way. Yeah, like the biggest possible way. He's like a villain and then not a villain. I don't know. 
reading through my notes and remembering watching this, I'm just, like, sometimes do you get mad at K-dramas and feel like they're just wasting your time a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. And it sucks because I love them. Like, we do this because we love them so much. But every once in a while, it's like, I know what you're doing. You're pushing for another episode. Like, don't. That's the American way. Don't be like us. Yeah, I think it's just when things are really mundane. I don't know. That's so dumb because I need the mundane to balance out the drama. But at the same time, I'm like... One of my first notes is that Mo resigns from the hospital, but then she goes to the bank and she can't get a loan. So she goes back to work at the hospital and you're like, wow, what an arc. Right. I thought it was a big character arc for her that she becomes uh, like she owns her own clinic. And I was really looking forward to that. And I get it because they didn't want to take her out of the environment where they have all these other doctors that, like, we've come to love, like Dr. Song. If they had taken him out of the show so she could go run her own clinic, I would have been furious. I just wish they would have resolved it in a different way where they didn't set it up. Like, check her out. She's strong. She's independent. She is opening her own clinic and she is shoving it to the guy who sexually harassed her at work. And then they make her go beg for her job back from the guy who sexually harassed her at work. I have a problem with that. Yes, and I know it was to set up so that she kind of gets demoted and she's sent to the emergency room so that she's the one that receives Shijin. Like, it was all... It was all for that purpose. But like you said, it felt so much like a Mo has grown so much here in Uruk. And as her kind of climactic victory, she's going to get her own place. She's going to get her own clinic and stick it to the man. And they're like, psych. <laughs> no. No, she's not. Yeah. No, she's not. That would be far too boring. Yeah, it's like, it would not. Let all of the doctors come with her. Let there be, like, a mass exodus where all of these doctors yeah. are like, we're going to the cool clinic. <laughs> like, it's so cheesy, but I want it. Yeah. It would have honestly felt better than kind of how they decided to re- resolve that, which felt a little bit like a cop-out. It's just so disappointing. Like, I don't know. To me, it... A little bit was a cop-out, but more so was just, yeah, a bummer. And they're like, well, now now that you tried to quit, you're being punished, and you're still going to work at the same place. You're like, come on, this is like episode two arc, <laughs> not, not finale arc. Yeah, give us some bit, great big crazy resolutions. Don't give us, like, whimpers instead of bangs. I don't like that. I don't like what I just said. You know the <laughs> saying. You get it. It's fine. Um, so, uh, another thing that I felt a little bit weird about, as far as where they decide to go with character arcs, was the fight before between Myungju and... Uh, Dayoung. Sergeant So. Yeah, yeah, Sergeant So. Like, why? I'm so mad about that. Yeah. Because I think the the thing for me was I actually had a really hard time understanding exactly what it was about. Like, I knew 
because context, like they were fighting over if he was quitting, but they, I, I felt like they had resolved that a little bit where she had talked to her dad and said, like, don't make him do this. But then he was really mad about that. And I get it because she kind of undercut his, his decisions, but also he wasn't including her in major life decisions, even though he was planning on spending his life with her. So it's like, obviously I get the fight, but I literally, I had to switch from Vicky to Drama Fever because their discussions over the fight were, felt really convoluted. And I wondered if it was the translation or if I was just like, I'm an idiot and I don't know how fights and relationships go. But I was just really confused over exactly what the dialogue there was and, like, what they were fighting about specifically. Dang. That's a smart idea. I just wrote down what I thought their fight was about. Which, yeah, it's kind of like you said. It was just kind of convoluted. Like, I get it. Um, I wrote, Sergeant So didn't want to keep his job as um, as Myungju's dying wish because then his father-in-law would never accept him as his son. He would just think of him as a sergeant and be like, I was manipulated into letting you into the family. And like, that's not cool. He just wanted to be loved by his new father. But... Myungju is like, I, I put a lot of effort forward, and if you have to leave your job because of me, like, I'll never forgive myself. I'll never feel worthwhile as far as you picking me over your job. Never feel worthy of that. So don't do it. So I get it, but yeah, like you said, it was like, do they really need to, like, have this big blow out and break up because of it it's very back to square one back to episode one yeah after everything they had been through to be together it just felt i guess not correct that's a weird term to use for it It just didn't feel like it made sense in the context of their relationship because they fought for it tooth and nail fought for it and then they both, in their efforts to keep the relationship going, um, they get, wow, this is a bad moment of recording. It's like all stops, no talk. Um, I guess I just, it felt weird. Like, it felt like a weird place to take it after everything they had been through with the relationship. But. Yeah. <laughs> like, unnecessary drama. Yeah. Especially because there was other things going on during these episodes, because episodes 13 and 14, like we said, on came back, and it was all about these talks with North Korea. What? 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 <laughs> now this show's, like, about North and South Korea and the inner politics? Like... Uh <laughs> That's for sure its own show, I think. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if we can we can hash we can this just out wrap right that now. Up. Yeah. That's just a two episode thing that they're just gonna throw in at the end. Yeah, and they did a really good job as far as like resolution. A micro story. 
Three. Yeah, and I was super into it, but at the same time, I was a little thrown. I was like, what? They all just got back to Korea, and now this buckwild real-life tension is being dragged into this situation. It felt like a different show, like you said, and I didn't even take very many notes on episode 14, because I was just into it, and I felt like probably the stuff that there was probably plenty of like smaller scenes that were happening between the big storyline, but it mostly talked about An's storyline. And there's this commander in the government, in the North Korean government that's selling off uh, like people of the, was it like the alpha team as well? I guess. I Yeah, I still don't know. I'm still really confused on exactly <laughs> what that... Essentially, it was that the North Korean commander was betraying North Korea and letting other people take the fall for it. And that's about as far as I got. Specifically, what the betrayal was, I was a little foggy on. Again. I think he was selling the Alpha Team of North Korea as mercenaries. Okay. He's saying they'll come do jobs for money, even if it goes against what North Korea wants. Yeah. And then they were giving, or like he was profiting. Like it was his money. It wasn't like the the country was profiting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was my impression. And then Senior Lieutenant Ahn found out about it, and that's why he killed his partner, because his partner... Which, that's the part I was confused about. It was like, my partner's being sold off as basically this, like, mercenary slave. But I'm like, you don't kill the slave. Mm -mm. Like, I'm assuming he was threatened into doing what his commander told him to do. Yeah, (laughs) I guess. Well, I'll take out the alpha team, I guess. If, no. If you guys got this, if you understood what was happening, why not go ahead and email us and just clue us dullards in on what went down? Because, yeah, I like the more we talk about it, the more confused I get. Because at first I was like, they were part of the betrayal. But, yeah, now I'm not so sure. Now I'm like, wait, were they yeah, I think his coerced? partner was, but Ahn was not... Right, on yeah. for sure was like, I am a warrior of North Korea to the end. It I was- guess I didn't consider whether his partner was like, sure, I'll do that. That sounds great. I just assumed he was like, I don't want to do that. Just like a normal person. I don't want to betray my country. And his leader, who was in charge of all of this, was like, mm, you're going to do it. And then Ahn's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's murder time. I did think it was interesting how they portrayed Ahn's character in that how they set up this character that we classically would have thought of as kind of bad, but he was really just the same as any... Like, he was the same as Shi Jin. He was serving his country. He loved his country and he was serving his country. And obviously he wasn't a bad guy in the end. Like, there was no point at which he was a bad guy, but... Things are so tense with North Korea, and they brought in that real-life drama, and so then it's like, 
that idea where it's like, no one's really the bad guy. Everyone has their cause they're fighting for. It's the people you side with that determines whether you think they're good or bad. And in this particular case, they were on the same side. Like, no one, those, those two were not bad guys. The bad guy was the one betraying his country. So it was sticking to that theme that they've had throughout where it's like, we serve our country to the end. And the bad guys in throughout this entire K-drama were the ones who were like disloyal to their country, disloyal to their cause, only loyal to themselves. And it was really, really interesting to see how they portrayed that in a couple of different enemies, like a like different baddies. Yeah. It's really well put. Because I loved Senior Lieutenant An's character. He had such an interesting arc to follow. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We we just skipped over, like, the part that they got shot. Oh, yeah. So episode 14, actually, it was interesting for me to watch this one because it starts out with the gunfight. Um like, kind of flashback, but when I first started watching it, for some reason, like, when it rolled over to the next episode, the audio went out, and I honestly thought they had made this artistic decision, because it starts off, like, when Mo sees Shijin in the ambulance, and she's shocked, she's, like, really shaken, and I thought for a second that they made this artistic choice to do, like, the whole scene in silence, like, she's shocked, and so that she's, like, just trying to take care of everything, and she can't process everything that's going on, and then they start, like, flashing to the gunfight, and that was really cool in silence, which is weird. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, this is, like, really, really in-depth. This is really cool. And then about three minutes in, I was like, I'm pretty sure... The audio doesn't work on this episode. I had to go back and refresh the page and start over. It's not silent at all at the beginning of episode 14. No. That would be so interesting. That doesn't seem like something I've I've ever seen in a K-drama or that I would expect from a K-drama. Yeah. It would be pretty crazy to do that. I feel like you have to put some kind of audio in, though, like the ears ringing audio or something to show people, like, this is intentional. Because straight up silence, I probably should have caught on to that earlier. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) That would be so cool, though. But I thought that that moment was intense enough that that was going to be the climax of the last four episodes. Which is to say, it didn't play out like a typical climax, where he just shows up at the hospital. And I don't know, there's a lot of TV shows nowadays that do this, where it starts the episode with the most climactic point of, like, you start with showing up at the hospital with gunshot wounds, and then you go back and you're like, two hours earlier and you show the lead up and the the flashback uh, storytelling which is really cool I hate it you hate it favorite. I hate it when it's uh, like when it's abused I liked it in this context I thought it built a really interesting drama where we like know where it ends up 
but we're so used to Shijin coming out on top. So it was like, how did he end up in the ambulance? What got me about it was that after they were done with the drama of like the flashback storytelling, they're in the hospital room and Mo is trying to revive Shijin. And then all of a sudden he's, he's revived and he's sitting up in bed. Mm. And then he's like running around. Yeah, like walking. I'm pretty sure just after you're resuscitated, like like you were pretty much dead. I'm pretty sure you don't immediately like come straight up into like being completely alert and in control of all of your faculties. Like I'm pretty. I I don't know. I guess I've never been shot within an inch of my life. But I think that was hard for me. I know that K dramas are far fetched, but yeah, he and there's some points. There's so many points in this show where they're just like, he's a little bit like Superman. So you're like, yeah. I guess, I guess he can get away with dying, actually dying, Literally. and then being like, <laughs> uh, good morning. Where's my friend? I'm need- gonna go get him. I need to go talk to him. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, because he's... It's not a Superman show. We're not watching a superhero show. So chill out. Chill out on the superpowers, okay? I did think that the resolution of episode 14 was really cool. When, um, like, the heist that An and Shijin managed to pull off. That was so neat. Yeah. I love that. And, yeah, and then they wrap it up with, like, some comedy scenes where Shijin pretends to be asleep in the hospital bed again. And you're like, okay, comic relief, that's what we needed after this intense espionage mission. Yeah. I just love that good, good friendship between Young and Shijin. Like, I just... I love it all. I love every inch of it. Precious. I really like that they showed how they, like, the very first time they met, and I just thought that was such a good addition. I kind of thought that the rest of the show would be that. I'll comment on it when we get there. <laughs> we'll talk about those those darn flashbacks. Uh, those darn flashbacks. But yeah, um, Chihun has his baby, uh, they, Mo and Shijin sleep in the same bed, and all is well in K-drama land. And then it, that and was it, the end, and nothing else happened. And that's our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Just kidding. Nope, sight. There's two <laughs> more episodes. What are they gonna do next? Hopefully, tone it down a notch. Uh, we wish. Sort of. I don't know. I feel like it was, like, pretty toned down. Everyone was living their lives. Uh, Myungju and Young were in a fight, and that sucked, but, um, but Shijin and Mo were doing really, really good. Everything was great. Kim Ki-bum goes to take the GD. Yay! His cute dads all send him off. All of his five dads are taking care of him. And cute. everything's great, and then they go back to war. 
Yeah. And, uh, sorry, it's super not important. It comes back up. But there's a scene where the commander is talking to Sergeant So, and he's like, I'll allow you to date my daughter, but you still have to take off your uniform, though. And we're like, that was always the condition. That hasn't changed. You don't need to call a meeting for this. And then the second So walks out the door, he rips up So's just discharge application. He's like, I'm not actually going to fire you. And but I'm going to keep it from you. That's a secret for later. It was so dumb. <laughs> At the time, I didn't even understand what was going on. Until it wraps up in episode 16, and he's like, I'm sorry, I should have told you right when you left that I was never going to make you discharge. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, you should have. Oh, that scene was so stupid. (laughs) Mostly because I didn't understand it as it was happening. Yeah, I, uh, I can't. There were some moments of the show. I think the show overall was unbelievably outstanding but there were some convoluted moments mm-hmm. i feel like they all came out at the end though yeah we're here and at the so- end and no one is like having normal conversations anymore yeah they did a lot in these last four episodes that i felt was a- pretty different from the rest of the show i don't know why maybe if i watch it as a whole it wasn't but Watching, I felt like we watched these last four episodes a little separately from the rest of the show. Like, maybe two weeks later instead of a week later. So, it just feel had a very different vibe. Yeah, it felt like a new show in many ways. Not just them, but the way we watched it and everything. So, part of that is definitely on us, I'd say. But we'll go back and rewatch it some someday. Someday for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so there were a couple of. Here's where I'm at with what happens with with the part halfway through this episode. I don't do super well with, and and we all know how it ends up. So I should be fine with it. I don't do super well with soldiers getting hurt and soldier death. So I don't know how much I personally want to go into it. There were two really beautifully done dramatic moments that I kind of want to go over. Uh, but other than that, like, I'd be fine to just, like, say what happened and then skip over it. Does that... Yeah. What are your beautiful dramatic moments? So the one is when he's first leaving and she, he got called back on a mission and um, he... He goes to the hospital to say goodbye to Mo. This is Shijin for context, for real life, <laughs> for real life conversation and context. Shijin gets called back. So does Dae Young, obviously. But they, he goes, Shijin goes to say goodbye to Mo, and it's like a really, really sweet goodbye. But she says, "I'm trying not to cry, but it's hard," and it's very relatable. Like it was a really good because she's trying so hard to be supportive of him and, like, everything he does. And they've been through this a couple of times now, and it's the first time where she was like, oh, I knew this was coming, and it's the first time that it's come when we're, like, in this stable place and everything's really good. 
and I'm just really sad to see you go. I'm going to miss you. And I thought that that was amazing. It was so well done. And the way he was reacting, everything was just really wonderful. And then the other part is he's been gone for a couple of months, and then we're about to see what happens where he and Young are killed. Um, but she's walking through the halls of the hospital humming, I think, the national anthem. Like, thinking about him, and it's a really, really, like, the drama. Whoa, the drama had me. I was in it at that point. Just that, like, her humming and the way they presented it. And I maybe it was just before she was told that he was dead. I don't know. But it was just a really, really well done moment to me. And then the the, the death happens, and I, like, couldn't really deal with most of it. I had a really hard time with it. I didn't... I feel like I very much disconnected from it for a good portion of the scenes where I was like, I might be sad, but most of me feels like I've watched too many K-dramas and I know that the main leads don't just die. Not usually, yeah. Not usually. And that was kind of where I was at. More than anything, it was the aftermath of their deaths. That's what got me. The moment that the commander handed the flag to Shijin's cute single father. I broke. I was I was done. And then they help everyone else, and I'm like, okay, tears for the rest of the episode. Don't worry about me, guys. It's crazy, because I also had that disconnect. Like, I felt really disconnected from, like, kind of even, like, a lot of the characters. Like, I still cared about them, but it was that thing, like, we were talking about where it's kind of our own fault that we took too long of a break from it. And I felt not as invested, I guess. But also, yeah, it didn't feel real that they were going to stay dead. But what is real is the emotions that people feel after they lose a loved one. Yeah. That someone's dead. And even that was, if they're not actually dead. Right. And that was hard. That was really yeah. tough. I was... I, like, had to turn away from the TV. I couldn't do it. It was so... I can't even imagine. I can't even yeah. imagine. I don't want to imagine. I don't want to imagine. And they did a beautiful job imagining it for us. The actors were superb, as always. And then... Um, Mo goes to Albania for the anniversary of Shijin's death. Did you wonder what anniversary it was? <laughs> no. I was like, are you kidding me? There was a moment in episode 13 where they're like, man, that month we spent in Aruk was crazy, right? And I was like, you were there for a month? <laughs> I, I would have guessed like 18 months. I thought you were there for over a year. I thought it was like four or five months. Like, I thought it was a long time. A long time. You were there for four weeks? Are you kidding me? I feel like the earthquake itself should have been four weeks. Yeah. They recovered from that in like four days, apparently. They're fine now. I don't even know. I say that like it's crazy. We just had... uh, 
also equally large earthquake here in Hokkaido. Yeah, you said it was the exact magnitude of the same as as the Urk. Yeah, I think it was like a 6.7 here, and I think it was also 6.7 in the show. So most of the island has recovered, except the epicenter. So it's it's silly of me to say like that they recovered too fast from that, but I was just surprised. I thought they were there forever. So then in this episode, Mo's like, I gotta go to Albania for Shijin's death anniversary. And I'm like, how long has it been now? There's so many time jumps. Yeah. Has he been gone for a year? There's time jumps, and then there's moments where, I don't know, like, where time doesn't make sense. Yeah, where it's like, it feels like a long time, but it's not. And so... Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to make sense of what the timeline of all of this is. Like, how long did they spend together when they were on leave? Was that, like, three days? Or... Yeah. I have no clue. I have have no clue. What's the timeline of this show? This whole show was filmed over the course of a month. And yeah, typically, I'm not like, tell me the exact timeline of everything that's happening. But also, typically, like, it's not so hard to keep track of. It's really hard to know when, when things are in this show. Yeah, so she says it's his death anniversary, and in episode 16, when he explains where he was, he said he and Dayoung were um, prisoners for, like, 155 days. And so I'm like, did they take 200 days to get back to civilization after they were freed? Or did she go for the six-month anniversary? Yeah, that's another thing that's super confusing. Because, yeah, he's like, it was 150 days. But when he comes back, his arm is broken. Oh. But I can't remember if she fixes it. That's another thing. I'm having (laughs) such a hard time figuring out. And maybe it's because it, like... I don't know. I just know that. So he comes back. He says it's been. A, he was in. He was captured for 150 whatever days. But it's the year anniversary of his death. So I don't know if it's the year. She just says it's the anniversary. Maybe she's celebrating that five month anniversary like a freaking yeah. weirdo. Right? Because the. I mean, the word anniversary implies annual, which is uh one year, um, which is. I don't know. I guess I'm just confused because, yeah, then he shows up. First of all, they split up. They're like, okay, so you go to Uruk, because that's where Myungju is. That's where Myungju is. (laughs) I'll go to Albania. Albania. Walk around the desert. But we're both still injured. Like, they got back to Korea, and... I I cannot for the life of me now I need to go back and watch it. I cannot remember if his arm was in a cast when he finds her or if she had to put a cast on his arm. I think she put a cast on his arm. Which but... means he had a broken arm, went to Korea, <laughs> had a broken arm in Korea, was like, I have to go to Albania 
now. Goes to Albania with a broken arm, flies there with a broken arm, and waits <laughs> until Mo can fix it. I am just realizing this. I am having a crisis. <laughs> what did this show do? What happened? None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense, guys. Now that we're playing it out. Man, people are probably going to comment and be like, you guys got your facts all wrong, and that's why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that someone is like, you're wrong. They're not. And They're this not. is why. Please please provide evidence if that is the case. Like, please tell us why we're wrong, because right now I'm just confused and lost. I'm so lost. And um, a little sad. But a little bit sad. They come back, and that's cool. That's great. Yeah. There is a part where it talks about Mo's blood type. She's O positive. I'm also O positive. I just wanted that to be part of the podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> great to hear, Rico. <laughs> Glad to have you here. We're so lucky. Hey, Emily, what's your blood type? It's A positive. A positive. That might be. I know that uh, Shijin's blood type is A. Whoa. And I, I did not. I remember that. Paying attention. as in it. <laughs> I don't actually believe in the blood type stuff, but if you do, that's cool. I just don't. But. Yeah, same. I'm here for it, but um, I don't subscribe to it. Um, so, remember how half, a good percentage of episode 15 was spent crying because everybody on screen was crying, so why wouldn't you be crying? Episode 16 starts off with them reuniting, and then Mo has, like, a little comedy sketch scene where she's, like, having all these different reactions, and it's adorable, and like you said, very relatable, very Mo. But what? Don't play with my feelings. I just cried for so long, and now you're like, it's good. We're all good. Everything's fine. Yeah, I I actually really liked it, but at the same time, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was ready for it yet. That's how I felt. I really, really liked it, as always. But just that range of emotions when your dead boyfriend is actually alive. Wow. Yeah. Like, that's... I guess that's kind of why I accepted it, because I was like... I don't know what that's like, and I hope to never know what that's like, and I f assume most people don't know what that's like, so I can't argue with it, but I wasn't ready for how funny it was after all my tears. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> and then Sergeant So reunites with Myungju, and I wrote... Sergeant So cries a lot for a man, and I am here for it. I love it. I love a man that expresses his emotions, and I love a man that cries, and I love Young. I love Young. I feel like he doesn't express his emotions super well. Yeah. But he but cries. But he's, he's a crier. Yeah. He's ready to shed a tear to be like, I love you enough to show one emotion for you. <laughs> and I think that's why it says so much. But I think, like you said, they seemed pretty messed up, and Myungju's reaction is to kind of, like, lightly chest punch him. And I'm like, 
Please don't. <laughs> he's I'm fragile. I'm pretty sure he's broken. <laughs> Stop punching him. Like, I get that you can have your emotions, but I think he's really supposed to be in pain like real life in injured physical pain yeah (laughs) please stop punching him you're probably stronger than you know and then kimki bum gets his dad back (laughs) that was the best reunion that was the best of all three reunions kimki bum got his dad okay and then we get the backstory of how they were captured, and Senior Lieutenant An is like, I'll pay you back in cookies or something. And he unlocks their their door, and they run away. Cute. Yay! Good ending to that man's story. Yeah, especially because Shi Jin had expressed that he was worried because he doesn't know if his friend is alive or dead, and they're not really friends, but they are, and it's all very complicated. And then his friend is alive, and his friend saves him. This is a story about friendship. This is a story about friendship, which is the K-drama that Raquel and I always dreamed of, except that it's also filled with war, which is the drama that Raquel and I were not ready for in any way. Yeah. Yeah. True living nightmare. Um, But we got a lot of friendships out of it. So many friendships. At what cost? Only at the cost of all of my heart. It's fine. It's fine. That's what K-dramas demand, and it's what must be given. Then there's the cute, like, it's it's dumb, but it, this was the comedy scene that I was prepared for, where Mo video calls all the people from the hospital, and she's like, I'm here with Shi Jin, and they're like, he's behind you. <laughs> he's a freaking ghost. It's the anniversary of his death. He's his death, you. And that's his death table <laughs> of stuff that he's supposed I love it. I love it. And Dr. Song just straight up faints, sort of. And I really liked um, her friend, whose name I don't know, actually, the other doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, like, up like and fully horrified. Just, like, totally, like, her entire... Life is wrong right now because there's a ghost behind her friend, and I just really, really loved it. I just loved that moment. It was so good, and it was long enough into the episode that you're like, okay, they're okay, they're gonna survive, everyone's fine now, I'm ready for the laughs. That was the difference between starting off the episode, being like, they're back, here's some comedy, and being like, it's okay, everyone's okay, they're gonna be fine, now here's some comedy. Now here's some comedy. There was a part, just after he comes back, that they're talking, and there's like an injury recap, and it's like, count him, like, he's been shot, he's been stabbed, he's been shot again. He's been stabbed. He's been shot a million times. He's been in the hospital. He's broken his arm. He's like, like, there was a long line of just watching Shi Jin be killed, pretty much. And he's like, I know, I just find a way. I do some, <laughs> I do a lot of hard stuff. I'm pretty hardcore. You I'm wouldn't believe it. Unkillable. Unkillable. Don't even worry about it. 
Um, and then they all go back to Korea. Yay! Yay! And there's some, like, fluff scenes. There's, like, Mo and Shijin go fishing. Cute. There's a thing about Red Velvet, yeah. which is an arc that's not an arc. Like, yeah. chill with that. It's like, okay, fan service. Got it. Like, we're always yeah. here for a K-concert in the middle of a K-drama, but I don't know. It was... I just was, like, trying to, like, keep up with all of the weird fluff that they filled episode 16 <laughs> with. There was a lot of it. But then they do resolve one thing that I needed them to resolve, which was Dr. Song's files. <gasps> yes. I forgot about them. But I think if I ever rewatched this show, I would have been so angry if they had not resolved it. Yeah. And they resolved it in the most perfect way. It was so beautiful. So cute. And we're not going to talk about it, so you're welcome. Just kidding. It was too cute not to talk about. 10 through 30 was all the filed names in his secret, was it Wild Bird? Wild Bird folder that he told Nurse how to delete. And he was like, from 10s to 30s, it's always been you. They've known each other their whole lives. I didn't know that because they didn't tell us. They didn't tell us. In any way. It's like incredibly, like that's my favorite romance of this K-drama. It was very good. It was very good. It was like a, a slow simmer on the back burner for a long time. And it was cute. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It came to the perfect ending. Yeah. Thank you for that, Descendants of the Sun, because that couldn't have been better. That was perfect and flawless in every way. Thank you for giving the best character the best ending. Good night. Um, (laughs) So Daniel makes his appearance on the farewell tour. Also, like, before... In episode 15, he's around, and I, like, he has some messages about pharmaceutical companies, and, like, I try not to get, like, involved and, like, drop in my own opinions too much. Obviously, like, I'm a huge feminist, and that comes out a lot in the K-dramas, or in the podcast, but I was so here for uh, Daniel's message. I was like, yeah, all right, yes. Um, it's, like, so random that they just shoved it in there, and yeah. it was so good. He dropped, like, my all-time favorite quote, which was Dr. Salk who invented the polio vaccine that cured polio, and his the quote is, you can't patent the sun. And it's, like, one of my all-time favorite quotes. I teared up the first time I heard that quote because it's the one time that someone decided to save humanity instead of benefit off of, like, in whatever way they could. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, like, such a big deal for me that they had that message where it's, like, pharmaceutical companies are weaponizing vaccines, essentially, like, for their benefit. Because I said it was kind of random, like, they kind of stuck it in there out of nowhere, but it still felt fine. Yeah. Like, it's a show about saving lives and doctors saving lives versus how soldiers save lives, so it wasn't, like, weird. It was random, but not weird. Right. Like, I have a message, but it's an applicable message that matters because this is, like, a medical K-drama and... Yes. So let's slide this up in here. Yeah. It let's was slide this up in here. Really good. Oh. And then he also rounds out the show by getting married. 
He's like, what's up, y'all? Invited to my wedding and I'm going to fly you out. <laughs> I love Daniel. Remember I how suspicious Daniel. we were of Daniel? Yeah, I did not like Daniel for most of the show. <laughs> I just don't trust him. I still don't trust him. I'm waiting for the spinoff. Because, okay, you can't invite us to a wedding and not show us the wedding dress right. unless there's going to be a spinoff. And the finale of that spinoff will be the same exact scene, but from Daniel and Yehua's perspective. And then we get to see them save lives in a tux and a wedding dress. Yeah, and the whole team's back together. Like, that's the only time in the show that they bring back all of the Dots cast members. Yes! Yes, yes, yes! Otherwise, I need a wedding dress, okay? Yep. You have to show pictures. You have to show pictures of the wedding. And uh, you can't take this from us. You can't take this from us. You Um, can't give us 1% of their backstory and then not the proper finale to Daniel and Yehua's story. I'm really glad that we came out of this episode of the podcast with a spinoff because... Would it even be our podcast if we hadn't come <laughs> up with a spin-off in the last, in the finale episodes? <laughs> I was really worried. We're at 54 minutes, and I was concerned that we would not uh, have a spin-off. We got one. <laughs> um, should we even talk about the ending? Should we just talk about it in the freaking bonus episode? Because I could go on for an hour about how weird the last five minutes of this show was. Yeah, I, like, can't. I don't know. I can't really sort through yeah. like how they decided to break the fourth wall and just like We'll run through it, right? Yeah. Like why was she hoon like, man, this show is good with three walls. Let's take down this fourth one right here. <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he's like, Everybody likes an ending like this, right? And we're like, Yeah, I guess. Thanks. Like, I wish you wouldn't talk to me, but sure. And it's like, Chi Hoon was an interesting choice for that as well. I really right. like him. I just don't get why he was the one that's like, we've had a lot of fun here today, folks, but listen. You're like, get out of here. Like, what are you, you doing? You baby. You're father. Yeah, go home. Act your age, Chi Hoon. Sit down at the wedding. Don't yeah. talk to the camera. Don't talk You're to You're not the on camera. the office. There's not a camera here. There's not a camera here. And it was super weird, but they ended the show that way, and that's fine. Oh, wait, they did not. Then it fades, like, there's a blackout. And they ended the show that way. That's fine. Weird choice, but people whispering in the dark, like, what's going on? Blackout. You're like, okay, weird ending, but kind of funny. I get it. Nope, lights come back on. New ending. <laughs> it's a volcano. A waitress runs through the scene screaming, It's a volcano! <laughs> Mo takes her shoes off and is like, It's time to break you. Like, I got so some, good. I got Everyone some stuff needs, to do. Like, one last character defining funny line <laughs> that's beautiful and cute and sweet, and then the show ends. Nope, not yet. No. Alternate ending. <laughs> slow-mo walkout, where they're all in their outfits, their <laughs> uniforms. I'm waiting for the next one. What's the next ending, Emily? <laughs> next week, there's gonna be another another episode that's entirely endings. <laughs> Why? Uh, what? It's like, maybe the TV station that aired this show, like, did kind of a... Have you ever seen the movie Clue? 
and they had like three alternate endings and different theaters would play different endings. Yeah. What if they just did that? And like, we weren't there for times it. Times a day. Yeah. They just played a different ending. And yeah, we just are so unaware that we're critiquing them. And they're like, no, they're not supposed to be played back to back like that. You're supposed to pick an ending and then watch that one. And everybody thinks that the show ended a little differently. That would be genius. It would be super bizarre. What ending would you pick? I like the screaming volcano and then everyone gets a last line. And then it's black. Nothing else happens. Yeah. Like, Perfect. It's over. <laughs> it's over. There's no Chi-Hoon breaking the fourth wall. There's no <laughs> slow motion walkout. It's just funny. We just end it on that funny note and go. Okay. So everyone chill out. Season two is coming. It's going to be the volcano season. There's plenty <laughs> of volcanoes in Vancouver. Yes. I live right next to Vancouver. Um, I don't actually know. Are there plenty of volcanoes there? I know Mount Baker is a volcano. We just learned that Mount Baker is the mountain I can see from my house. Oh, yeah. Uh. There's always something. It's so weird coming from Utah. There's like no natural disasters in Utah. Mm -mm. We're always waiting for the final like earthquake that will destroy the entirety of Utah, but there aren't really like it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. We're just waiting for it. Um, There's not. There's like tiny little earthquakes. There's no tornadoes. There's no like hurricanes or tropical storms. Uh, I live right next to the ocean now, and I was walking my dog the other day, and I saw a sign that was like, tsunami evacuation route, and I died. I was, I'm so, yeah. 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 Have you, um, do you live in a tsunami safe house? Uh, no. Not really. Well, there's an island, sort of, a really tall mountainous island between me and most of the ocean. Uh, mostly. I don't know, we can see a lot of... Yeah, and so, like, my roommate tells me whenever I get super scared, she's like, don't worry, the island will protect us. Yeah, the mountain should catch most of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how tsunamis work. No, I'll probably just die if there's ever a tsunami, it's fine. I know, there's, uh, the first time we googled Aramo, it was like, you mean the tsunami's in Aramo? And they're like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, the town you're going to live in with the tsunamis? Like, oh, cool. It doesn't happen, guys. You're not supposed to worry about natural disasters. That's not a way to live. That's no way to live. Just live your life. And if a natural disaster happens, die. (laughs) Or go to the tsunami safe zone. I don't know either. (laughs) Kale's gonna sit in the house and die. <laughs> Not go, leaving. I'll go down with this shit. <laughs> Raquel, you don't have to. There's plenty of time. It's fine. It's fine. It's over. Uh, don't do that and ever. I know. We need an alternate ending to our podcast that's <laughs> a little lighter. Um, make this one too dark. Dark roast. <laughs> Yeah, uh, is it light enough if we just tell them that our email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com? That's it, you did it. I brought it back up.
email us about your natural disasters <laughs> and uh, everything that we got wrong on this episode of the podcast, as well as let us know what you think we should watch next. Because I need some ideas. Yeah, we have no clue. We'll find something. There's always something. But it would be cool to do something you guys wanted to watch along with us, or something you've seen that you wanted to hear our commentary on. Whatever you think, hit us up. Hit um, us up. You can also comment. Ooh, so, yeah, you can comment on our website. Uh, just like the episodes have comments that you can do there. You can also sign up for our newsletter there. Uh probably if you're listening to this you got a newsletter that i posted this a couple weeks late and uh thanks to everyone who signed up for the newsletter if you haven't we try not to be very obtrusive it's honestly just like when we start a new k-drama or if we have something to like tell you guys it's not often so if you wanted to just like keep updated with us you can go there and sign up yeah that's plank.com Beep, beep, beep. Or we are on Twitter at PlayOnK. You can tweet at us. That might be the easiest way to tell us all the things that we get wrong about the dramas on the podcast. Yeah, that's a fun place to tell people that they're bad and wrong. It's, isn't yeah. that what Twitter's for? <laughs> so that public forum is for. Or you can check us out on iTunes. We are under the podcast PlayOnK. Yeah. And I think that's everything, uh, except that we love our theme song by James Paul Hevel. He's a talent and a scholar, and he's amazing. Thanks so much, as always, James. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with the bonus episode for Descendants of the Sun, where we talk about what you guys thought, any comments that you've left us this week, and probably the endings again. We'll hit that again. Just kidding. <laughs> We did fine on the endings. <laughs> we covered most Out of Out of my system. <laughs> but see you next week, everyone. See you next week. Okay, bye. bye.